Hey everyone, welcome to the Motorola Solutions Technology Podcast. Thanks for tuning into our replay episodes from our live streams on LinkedIn and YouTube. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi everyone, this is Julio Rodriguez and welcome to Motorola Solutions Live. I want to thank you for joining us as we come to you on Fridays, uh, usually every other Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern time to talk about the latest news and technology from the world of Motorola Solutions. So we've got a great show for you lined up today. We're going to have Jared Swanson, uh, senior sales engineer from Avigilant joining us today to talk about some interesting aspects of video security and, and some of the, the tendencies that we see out there in the marketplace and what some of those solutions are going to be. So um, really looking forward to that. But in the meantime, as everybody's joining in, um, go ahead and type in what city, what state, uh, what country that you're watching from. If you're one of my Motorola Solutions coworkers, we'd love to find out what, uh, what division you're working for. There's so many different aspects of our company that, um, that we work with that it's always interesting to find out where everybody's from. So uh, let's see who is joining here. All right, looks like Justin Damone's here. Justin, thanks for joining, appreciate that, man. I'm happy to be hosting, it's, uh, it's a good job to have. But um, you know, one of the things that we're gonna be talking about, and I just wanted to kind of preface our topic before we bring Jared on here is, um, we're actually going to be talking about the the tendency to um, what that we see out in the field for our end users to really want to do more cameras instead of having intelligent cameras and talking about we'll talk about the solutions if there is one solution or if there's a couple of different ways that we can go um, you know there's always lots of ideas and it's always depending on the situation so what you're not going to get today is a sales pitch you know we want to make sure that it's something that's going to be valuable for everybody and it's not just something that you know we're just going to see, um, you know, a bunch of product uh, PDFs and uh, demos for only one type of solution. We're going to talk about a lot of different ways that we can attack this uh, this problem. Johan, thanks for joining us from Lisbon and Inside Sales. And we've got, um, let's see, who's this? Vince is joining us from San Diego. I know it's not popping up there. Nick, just down the road in Lexington, Kentucky for me. You're welcome, Johans. I'm happy to be doing this. Let's see. And Tim Foley's joining us this morning. Good morning, Tim. All right. So keep the comments coming in. And as we talk to Jared and uh, we go through this, make sure you type in all of your questions, comments, um, different ideas that you may have for you know different approaches. We want to make this as an inclusive of a conversation as possible and get your feedback live. So you know this is an opportunity for us for the next uh, 55 minutes to to go over this information as a group as big and as widespread as we are. So we want to make sure that we take advantage of it as much as possible. So let's see a couple more people joining Miriam from uh, California. Thanks for joining Miriam. Niels, thank you for joining. And Mr. Daryl Deaton, thanks for joining from Nashville. Good to see you. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and bring uh, Jared on here. Give me just a moment and we'll get started for today. All right. Hey, Jared, how's it going? It's going well. It's going really well. It's a little early, little early out here on the West Coast, but that's okay. <laughs> Good. Um, what, uh, which coffee did you go with today? Because I know you put that, that uh, post <laughs> up there earlier this week. 
Yeah, for anybody who was interested, it uh, it did end up being a tie between Minipor and uh, Medusa's Revenge, and I did end up going with Minipor. Um, I actually do enjoy it a little bit better than Medusa, so um, happy to be drinking it. So, yeah, um, super excited to be a, be on with you this morning. I think uh, we've got a great topic to talk about today. Um, I think it's a uh, it's important um, as 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 technology has continued to progress, um, you know, we're, we're starting to see, you know, more and more customers, more and more partners end users, you know, kind of lean towards, you know, this idea of smart, right. Intelligence at the camera, um, mm-hmm. but still kind of falling into the, the, you know, the old ways of doing things, um, you know, which is more yeah. is better. Um, and I don't know if, you know, today's topic is really, you know, smart is better. If it's really a versus, it's more, you know, what can, you know, what can our customers do? What can our partners, you know, do with the cameras uh, and the hardware that we have in our portfolio to really give a, you know, a better experience to, uh, to our end users, you know, across all of our, our verticals. So, right. So before we jump in too much into that, um, could you give everybody a little bit of a a background on on your role and and how you uh, interact with the field sales team? Yeah, so um, I'm I'm a senior sales engineer out here on the West Coast. Um, I support uh, Northern California, Northern Nevada, and Hawaii. Um, I joined the Avigilon team back in 2017 uh, on the access control side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for anybody who's who's joining here, you may have you know recognized me from that. Um, I moved over to the video team back in 2020. Um, you know, supporting uh, the the team here locally. Um, and my, and my job is is fluid, right? I mean, being a sales engineer is not a, there's no like written handbook that says you do this. Um, but, you know, my my goal as a, as a sales engineer is to really enable my team um, and other teams as well um, to make sure that they're, you know, they're out there, you know, really delivering the right experiences for our customers. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a challenging you know uh, it's a challenging job because there's everybody's got a little bit of different ways of doing things, mm-hmm. uh, but ultimately, you know, my goal is to you know make sure that our our team as a whole, you know, not just my local team, but you know anybody who who I interact with um, understands what you know what's really available. You know, not just from Motorola, um, not just from Avigilon, but the other, you know, brands within our our portfolio, and and how we all interact with each other. So it's a, um, it's it's a really rewarding you know job to to have. Yeah, yeah, and in your role, it's it's always interesting to me how you know we have our our cam or channel account manager that's a partner focused. We have our CSE that's end user focused, and you're focused on the pre sale side of the entire um, opportunity or project or however you want to call it, where you're, it's, it's not after the fact technical support. We have a whole team for that, you know, in, uh, at our headquarters in uh, Dallas that um, or actually Dallas, Lisbon, <laughs> Vancouver, what have you. But um, it's, it's more like it's, you know, you're the technical expertise to get the right technology in the right places early in the conversation before the customer is actually signing up and buying everything. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, we're we're definitely pre-sales focused. Um, you know, we we split time between our our cams and our CSEs and and our business development folks as well. But by the way, congratulations. You know, I, I know uh congratulations are in order for your new uh your new role. But um yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're 
we we do try to focus on the pre-sales um, portion of our business um, because you know the sooner that a sales engineer gets involved in a project, um, you know, historically, the better things go. Um, right. That's not to say that you know sales professionals can't do things on their own. Um, it's just we're you know we're focused on the things you know, the technical pieces, right? Sure. We're, we're the ones who understand, you know, we try to understand, you know, as much as possible about what our products can do and what, you know, what we can deliver as a whole. Um, and we don't have to be focused on, you know, the sale or the vertical. It's right. all about, you know, what can we offer, you know, to our end users? Um, you know, is, is XYZ camera the right camera for this application? Is this software the right software for this application? Right. Is this camera, whatever we're talking about, you know, and this is exactly leading into our conversation, is the solution that the end user is looking for, what they're asking for, is this the right device or combination of devices that's going to give them the solution that they need? Because I know we go into all of these terminology discussions with, you know, bandwidth and megapixels and pixels per foot and all of, you know, lens millimeters, you know, things like that. But all of those names and numbers are to deliver, can I see someone's face? Can I see a license plate at that distance? Because we have this type of problem that we need to solve. So we take all, it's almost like you're the science part of the art and science that gets us to the right answer of how are we going to solve this problem? And we have to make sure that those, you know, we're keeping that in balance. And let's talk about that tendency because we see this a lot in across all of our vertical markets where you know our end users don't have constant access to revenue it's not like a large budget you know a lot of the cloud services that we have uh, offerings are now able to use operational expenditures as opposed to capital expenditures but we want to make sure it's the right use of that money and historically it's been okay i have all this these blind spots i now have this grant money I want more cameras. Give me as many high megapixel cameras as you can fit onto this recorder so that I can get the most visibility. That's always been historically what we tend to see from our end users because they're so desperate to get, you know, visibility into the, the blind spots. That's always the the issue that get that we gravitate for. How do you normally unpack that and start to broaden that um, that conversation out a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think the best way to address that is is understanding customers' need before we, you know, even engage with product, right? Mm -hmm. um, most of the time, you know, customers look at, you know, I have an area or I have a building, I have something, and I need to know what's going on. Right. And and to be perfectly honest, there's nothing wrong with you know selling more cameras, right? I, I you know, as a, as a sales professional, right? You know, it's the quota. Everybody likes that, but at the same time. You know, I, I think in our in our industry, you know, people don't like being oversold, right? They don't want to, sure. you know, they don't want to look at, you know, 150 cameras when you know 100 cameras might have been might have been needed. So, I mean, from from the technical standpoint and what we do with our software, you know, there's there's parts of the way that you know cameras um, and and sensors and things like that that um, that are really looking at you know, the intelligence of an area, right? So we, we kind mm -hmm. of, you know, we look at four main pillars when it comes to, you know, video surveillance with Motorola solutions, right? Detect, analyze, communicate, and respond. Right. You know, and I, I say this in almost every single demo that I give or, you know, any conversation that I have with people is the detection part is actually the easiest 
out of all of those four pillars, right? Slap a camera up, plug it in, record it, right? Pixels right. change, the camera records, you're done, right? That's that's 99% of the market when it comes to video management, right? right. And it, cameras have been that way since IP cameras came out 10 years ago. Yeah, and, and even before that, right? right. Even the analog camera. cameras did that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you put a camera up and it detects. Records that's, on motion. Yeah. Exactly, right? So that's, that's one of those things where, you know, we do that really well. We have mm -hmm. a breadth of cameras that can, can basically work in any situation. Um, the next piece of that, the analyzation piece, that's where we really do shine. I think that that's where we start to look at things from, you know, not just a sales standpoint, but, a, you know, from an enablement standpoint where I can look at a scene or, you know, any of our sales engineers, sales professionals can look at a, a scene and go, what's important to you? Is, right. you know, are people, you know, in this area important to you? Um, is a vehicle traveling in the wrong direction? Is that important to you? And when you start to have the conversation about what's really important with the detection, you mm -hmm. start to understand what, you know, what needs to be analyzed in that scene. And then we can start to drive into, well, Mr. Customer, how about we, you know, put one 4K or, you know, 26 megapixel camera or whatever it is, right? How about we do one type of camera that can give you that, not just the situational awareness, but the actual, Detail, yeah. yeah, that actual awareness of what's going on so that you don't have to go back and do everything forensically. Um, I right. think the biggest thing, you know, that we see in the market today is being proactive, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't want, the, like I said, I don't, you know, I don't want this to sound like a sales pitch, but you know, when right. it comes, when it comes to it. And that's a different approach to security solutions. That's, you know, we, we see that when we're talking, are we even having the conversation with people that are interested in what we're trying to accomplish is that differentiation where it's not just a good forensic after the fact search where they have to, or would like to mitigate situations and stop something bad from happening as soon as it's noticed, whether it's a person trespassing um, person in the parking lot at the wrong time after hours, loitering, all of those things. If those things aren't important, then more cameras in more places would, would be better. Yeah. But if those things are important and right now the system can't do that, then okay, then we do need to talk about more intelligent cameras. And if you could, I want to, you know, we always like showing rather than just talking about it. Let's, can you, can you show the difference between, you know, the, the pixel based after the fact motion detection of what we've we've had for many many years versus what a, a camera can do with you know identifying people and vehicles in the scene just that basic differentiation i think would be helpful here yeah absolutely so when we talk about you know pixel motion versus classified object detection and and just recording right that's a you know a big piece of what we can do so you know if i have a scene like this so this is a six megapixel camera at our uh our richardson facility in texas mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot going on here right there's trees there's vehicles moving there's people there's all kinds of stuff happening but when it comes down to it really the only things that we care about you know me personally and most of our customers would be vehicles and people right if a vehicle crashes into another vehicle probably want to know that that happened or if someone is walking around at two o'clock in the morning, we want to know that that happens. So this is one of the ways that I actually, you know, I've actually worked with several of my end users um, to, 
you know, maximize the, the storage in their system, maximize the efficiency of their system. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a scene that is doing classified object detection. We're looking for people and vehicles. We're looking for the things that matter. Right. That's so, what the little squares are around the, uh, around exactly, the cars. Yeah. Those classified object detections are going to show up as those bounding boxes. And I'm looking at the setup of a camera here. It's actually giving me the confidence of each one of these, um, you know, these objects in here. Yeah. And so I'm amazed that it does this stuff on the fly still. It's like, <laughs> it's like magic beans and fairy dust to me. <laughs> I know, I know. So, I mean, you know, when I'm looking at a scene like this, I could, I could take this and go, Hey, I really don't care that these, these trees are in this scene whatsoever. I don't, right. you know, I don't really care that that happens. And a lot of times I will, in, you know, I'll advise That's a part of my job. And it also is a part of the way that we design things. Hey, why don't we just turn off pixel motion detection? I know that, that, that it sounds so strange these days, right? But when you start to really think about it, most of what happens in an area is based on a person or a vehicle, right? We, right. we want to know who dropped the bag there what vehicle pulled up and who got out. So if I can start to eliminate the noise by eliminating pixel motion recording, then I, I, I not only get to extend my storage, which is a huge, uh, you know, kind of idea about the intelligence versus more cameras, because, you know, the more cameras that you add, the more storage that you need. Yeah, more hard drive space more, you're gonna need. Yeah, right, so there's more that you need every time you add more. So, you know, we have the ability to say, Hey, let's not, let's not worry about pixels. Let's not worry about those, you know, things that are moving. Right. Mm -hmm. And a perfect example of that is scenes like this, right? Um, I love showing our pro cameras because yeah. they are, they are the industry's best, right? That's a, little, <laughs> that's a little bit of a sales pitch there, but you know, our, our cameras, you know, have so much technology in them. And one of the things that's really interesting is if I go into recorded here, right, you see the mm -hmm. timeline, it's just full, right? There's, there's most yeah, so the red is where there was pixel motion. So anything yep. moving and what we mean by pixel motion is a certain percentage of the dots on the screen changed in color, which can be a headlight raindrop bug, anything changes on that screen at a, you know, enough of it changes on the screen. It calls it motion and it, it'll put that little red line in there. And then it gives you 15 seconds to a minute of yep. pre and post record in the light blue. So every time something, every time the wind blows, literally yeah. it's, it's recording something. It, exactly. And when you start to look at cameras in the, you know, in the range of like this one here, you're right. 61 megapixels, 10 K of resolution. There's yeah, a lot something's going on. always moving. Something is always moving when yeah. we can see, you know, 400 feet wide by a thousand feet out. I mean, there's, yeah. there's a lot going on. So, you know, from an operator standpoint, if I'm watching this right now, this is one thing that I will admit, you know, we do really well is being able to scrub through video. Yeah. But, you know, we don't want to do that. Right. We don't want to have to, you know, go back and find things based on those pixels moving. It becomes a lot more efficient. And you'll see this when we do like an event search here. Right. So if I pull up, let's say the I'm going to pull up the entire Richardson site. We'll get rid of Alan for a second here. We'll pull up the entire Richardson site, and I'm just going to pick a couple cameras. Hey, you go away. So I'll pick a couple cameras here, and we're going to go search for motion. 
Right, and this is pixel-based motion This search. is pixel-based motion. And this is basically every like, single yeah, time. Yeah, they were adding cameras. That was when he was yeah, moving cameras so, around. It counted yep. his motion. Yep. So this is every single time a pixel changed, right? And I got... So 70, I can't see that number. How many, how many events uh, is that? 1,700. 1,700 events. So 1,700 times on those cameras, we had some sort of pixel motion, a shadow, light. Somebody flicked the light on or off or, you know, a potato chip bag blew across the parking lot. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's on, you know, 20 cameras, uh, 30 cameras or so over a two hour period. Now, okay. if I change this to just classified object detection, we, we cut that down to 370 events. And right. what's great about this is these are the things I don't want to show you how we did this, but these are the things that we told the system were important to us. So instead of it being the system saying, hey, I recorded this. Do you want that? We went in and we said, based on these types of analytics or these types of events, this is what's important to me. So I can quickly and easily just go right back through each one of these events. I can scroll through them and say, well, let's go back up to this guy because he seemed suspect. Right? This is the guy I was looking for. Mm -hmm. Now, in a normal investigation, you know, three, four, five, ten years ago, that would have taken, what, 10, 15 minutes, right? Just to, find, just to find that one guy. And all I did was go, hey, did someone cross a beam or enter this area? Mm -hmm. And did we we tag that video? Now, right. one thing I, I, I love to explain um, to our, you know, current customers, potential customers, whoever it is is this really is what's important to you, right? I don't tell customers what should be important to them. We right. ask the question, what is important to you? How do you want that information? And when do you want that information? Because mm -hmm. I could have as many analytics per camera as I want. I can put, you know, four or five beam crossings and an object and area on every single camera. And that's great. But... How do you want that information presented to you? And, right. and that's a completely different conversation from what we normally have. Yep. You know, a lot of times all we were limited to is people asking about more cameras and recording space. Like if that's the parameters that like the, just a really, really wide parameters that we have to fall into. Well, if I add 20 cameras, how much is that going to cost me? And how much recording time will I get? And you're saying that we can actually week this now we add some additional cameras that have intelligence now we're only recording when there's a person or a vehicle in the scene and we're getting more uh, mileage out of our hard drives because yep. we're only recording those things that are that are important to us yeah absolutely and i mean it's it's taking your system and and really understanding you know what is important to you not just in a single scene not just, you know, in one sensor, it's all of your cameras. You can take a system from, you know, needing lots and lots and lots of storage to, you know, we can pare that down. And, mm -hmm. and something that's, you know, kind of interesting about this is, you know, because I, I see in our, our list of attendees, a lot of sales engineers on this, uh, on this on list of attendees, you know, one of the things that we do as sales engineers is we respond to RFPs. We respond to RFQs and things like that. Mm -hmm. And we're still kind of stuck, you know, in this, in this kind of idea that 
we just need to record on motion. 15 frames right. per second, 30 frames per second. Look Those at the really person. wide parameters that you see on, on exactly. job specifications that were, and that's, that's where an entire group of analysts went through and, and they're specifying everything from the fire alarm to the electrical outlets and light switches and parking lot lighting. So it's something that we would like to be able to design the, the layout of the cameras and why it's going to be important to have it here. But it seems like that conversation is almost an afterthought until the system, you know, everything's already built. Um, there, there's a group that I follow and they have this uh, acronym called CEPTED, C-P-T-E-D. It's uh, crime prevention through environmental design. This is exactly what we're talking about. We want to know where all your, you know, shadowy dark corners are going to be or blind spots for security guards to know where that there's a potential for something bad to happen there. Like stairwells and parking garages are notorious for that. Yep. Things like that. But it's, it's almost like if you, even if you had, let's say a giant parking garage with 15 or 20 of these, a person, a human watching these cameras will not always be able to pick up the difference between, you know, somebody walking past or somebody committing a crime. And these cameras are going to be able just to, proactively drive your attention to these events. Um, and, and Arnold has some, has a question here, and I think uh, it's more about terminology. Um, he wants to know, is video analytics still the right term for the AI stuff? And I think there's, there's a little bit of differentiation because of AI is more, and correct me if I'm wrong, AI means that the camera is doing a lot of the work on its own mm -hmm. without us having to go in and program you know, code into the cameras in order to say, this is a person, this is a, a vehicle. Yeah. Uh, video analytics is a separate term that's saying it's, it's doing something other than recording. It's, it's looking at specific incidents and objects and, you know, putting it into context. Would, would you say that's, that's a fair assessment? I, 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 I would. Yeah. So when we talk about video analytics, um, most of the time it is some sort of a manual process. The mm -hmm. camera has, a base set of knowledge about something, right? So the first part of that, when we're talking about is classified objects, right? An analytic yeah. is going to be based on a person or a vehicle. AI and AI driven analytics, like uh, unusual activity detection, is really the camera understanding what's going on in a scene right. and then giving you the information based on what's going on in that scene. So. You know, with our unusual activity detection, and this is actually a good segue, by the way, um, <laughs> you know, with with unusual activity detection, you know, we're looking for those classified objects. So the camera is still looking at a scene, detecting it, analyzing what's going on and trying right. to understand is a person supposed to be doing this or is a vehicle supposed to be doing this? And, right. it, you know, in our system, it takes about, you know, seven to 14 days of a camera in an area before it's going to understand, yeah, a guy should not be climbing up on top of a vending machine, right? Or, uh, you know, a person should not be running through a scene. Right. So and this is separate from, this is kind of like the, the catch-all because it's, um, you don't have, you're not going to be able to write a rule for every single thing. Like you're going to not going to draw a box around the vending machine and say, okay, if a person is above the vending machine, let me know. Nobody, uh, a security officer, security director, they're not going to write 10 gazillion rules for all of this. So the system is going to be saying, hey, this is out of the ordinary. It brings it to the operator's attention. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. to let them know that this is happening, that this, this doesn't normally happen in this scene, person in this area or person moving this quickly through an area. Correct. Yeah. And, and Arnold, I mean, I actually do agree with you. So the way that we actually are doing, you know, our analytics and our AI is, you know, convolutional neural network based, right? We're actually using the scene and not just pixels changing in the scene to determine what's going on. We have to classify the objects in the scene first. And at this point, we don't have things like bag detection, right? Or uh, specific object detection, you know, right, uh, car making model types, car stuff. making model, you know, and I will say this weapons, right? Those types of things. We don't have that yet. Right. Only and you see a lot of it out there with, com you know, computer vision style of mm -hmm. uh, systems out there, but that is a separate software completely. It's running on its own server, pulling yep. in a video stream and saying, okay, I'm looking for these types of things. And it's, it's analyzing the video in a completely different way. Yep. What, what we have here is kind of the best of both worlds. We can do all of this stuff in a self-contained system that doesn't require all of these add-on boxes. Yep. So it's going to be able to do a lot of this, you know, the analytics inside of the camera. AI is, is like what Arnold was talking about with, you know, neural and most, you know, we have a hard enough time out in the field explaining video analytics and things like appearance search and facial recognition. So getting into the, the you know, convolutional neural network, all that type of stuff, I get tripped up on the words. You know, <laughs> I it's like I, I, it's over my head. Everybody has eyes glaze over. And you're like, oh, OK, we need to. All right. Let's, let's yeah. back a little bit. Yeah, as soon but as it, you, you use the word convolutional yeah. neural network, I mean, sometimes you're <laughs> people. But, you know, it, it is a great topic to talk about, you know, you yeah. know AI, um, I, I will, you know, maybe is a little bit of a hot take. I think AI is used right now as a term for, you know, everything as far as analytics. Um, most, you know, AI in our industry um, is, <laughs> is still teach, you know, it's teachable AI. Right. The mm -hmm. camera or the, the system has to understand what it's looking for before it can actually perform bag right. detection or X, Y, Z detection. Um, there's a lot of great companies out there that are doing really cool analytics based on AI. Right. You see what, it a lot in the retail world. It's a part retail, of uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, our, you know, there's um, you our know, sister there's brands, Calypsa and Envision are, are yep. doing all kinds of cool stuff with that. Absolutely. So, I mean, one of the things that I, because uh, I did get into a little bit of a, um, I don't know if I call it a fight, but I got into a little bit of a, a discussion with an end user not too long ago because they did. They wanted a bag detection analytic. They mm -hmm. wanted to know when a bag was in an area. And I, I kind of had to push back and I said, well, why do you care about the bag? Because don't you care more about how the bag got there because there's really only two ways that the bag got there either a person dropped it they took it there and they left it or right. maybe they threw it out the side of a vehicle and it's there right so what we look at from an analytics and ai standpoint as of today and remember this is as of today this is you know we're moving forward just like everyone else is what we look at today is our analytics and our AI, whether it's unusual activity detection or any of the you know um, self-learning analytics that we do, really touches 99% of what customers are looking for. Because right. customers are looking for a person did something, a vehicle did something. Now, right. there is that 1% 
of customers, whether it's vertical specific, like you said, you know, retail, uh, manufacturing. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. They have, you know, parts per minute yep. they counts and you know how many times that this was that way or yep. even in city surveillance sometimes the the need to know how many red cars turned right at this intersection that's that's extremely specific and you know it falls outside of the the area of focus that we have with this particular product so it's something that um you know we can find all sorts of creative applications for it like we do with license plates and opening gates and things like that or you know facial recognition um, but it's something that, you know, it's, it all, it all depends on what the end users requirements are. What, what yeah. security problems are they having? What, what can we, um, what can we do to implement these technologies in a way that's going to resolve those, those needs? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's, it kind of takes us back to the topic of, you know, this, this, this discussion, you know, do you need more cameras to right. do that or do you need more intelligence in your cameras or in your system because that's one thing that's very important about the way that you know we do things and and other manufacturers do as well is when you put the intelligence at the edge when you put the intelligence in the camera or in you know the device that's looking at the thing now you open yourself up to being able to pass that information along and be able to move faster with what you're actually looking for. Because now I'm not reliant upon a server or the system to take the video, ingest it, apply some sort of you know layout on top of it, read the mm -hmm. metadata, do all of the things. What we're doing with these 12 analytics that come on our H5A cameras is it's phenomenal because now we can say hey mr customer i have you have a camera you have a need and you need to know when a person is in an area you need to know when you know uh kids are loitering outside of a school at two o'clock in the morning and i need to know when you know a vehicle is traveling in the wrong direction well guess what your camera does that and we've put the you know we've put the horsepower into mm -hmm. those devices so that we can add things later. And I'm not sure if everybody knows this, but this list that I'm showing here on the screen was actually only nine things back in 2020, right? We only had nine analytics in 2020 as a response to, you know, the way that the world changed. We added three analytics to every single H5A camera for occupancy counting and yeah. social distancing. And that was a firmware update. We just, hey, when you update your system, here's the new firmware and you've got these three new analytics that you can apply to any one of your cameras that you, you know, you feel that you need. So that's where I see, you know, things moving, right? We're, we're seeing more, you know, at the edge analytics and AI. And that's where, you know, as we continue to, you know, kind of grow as a company and invest in our own technology, we're going to see more of that. We're going to see cameras that can do, you know, X, Y, and Z. I can't, I, I can't tell you what we're going to be able to do. Cause I'm not, I'm not a product management. I'm not here. Right. <laughs> we have I'm to talk about what we here. have today. Yeah. I don't sell the, you know, I sell today. I don't sell the future, but right. I mean, these, these 12 things that I'm showing on the screen, you know, they're very important because, you know, once again, they kind of touch the 99%, maybe 99.9% .9 of the customers that we talk to. 
Right. And, and a lot of this is, you know, like what you said is this is stuff that's built into the camera system itself. They're not analytics that you have to go outside of the system to do. So it's not limited in scope, but it's because of capabilities limited by design as to what you want it to do, because it has to become a very, very fast application. And Victoria has been talking here in the comments about, um, you know, an application for let's use Department of Corrections, state prisons, jails, things like that. You know, they have to respond very quickly and they're always facing this this uh, problem of being understaffed and have a labor shortage. That's not just, you know, limited to them. We see this in hospitals. We see this in a lot of different places. So having these built in analytics as part of the security camera system without having to go outside of it is the is the value that we're talking about today and, and how that's all just built right in and yeah. able to use out of the box you know, right there day one when you buy this system. And and free. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's part it, of the deal. It should be said, right? I mean, this is one of those things where, you know, when you buy a camera, it should come with the things that you need it to do. It right. should do more than just the detect. And absolutely, there's cameras in our lineup that don't have all of these things. And we sell a lot of them. Yeah. And that's okay because that's what the customer needs for that application. I don't know. Well, maybe like a, an equipment closet or something like we yeah. see it a lot of like data closets where we yeah. have the non-analytic cameras put in there. Absolutely. Yeah. But when we're starting to look at, you know, like what, you know, Victoria is talking about here, when we start to look at, you know, staffing issues or kind of the, maybe not even the staffing issue, but no one wants to watch video anymore. Right. Like yeah. we're not we're not seeing, you know, GSOCs pop up all over the place and lots and lots of monitoring of video anymore. We're not we're not right. taking that away. What we're doing is we're saying, hey, if I use an object in area analytic, how about I notify someone? Because, you know, a lot of us, as you can see here, you know, we're working from home. We're mm -hmm. we're not in an office. You know, a lot of security staff, they may only have one person that manages or monitors a facility that's, you know, 100,000, 200,000, 500,000 square feet. It might only be one guy and he can't watch 60 to 100 cameras at a time, but right. he can look at his phone or a tablet or his laptop when someone walks into this area or when, um, you know, um, this is Victoria's favorite, by the way, when someone <laughs> jumps over defense right right this is where you know understanding what is important and delivering the notification or the event to a customer this is what allows us to be proactive right right it is it is far more important to be proactive in situations than it is to be reactive and i think that that's the thing that really this whole conversation ends up being about Mm -hmm. is using the technology that your cameras, your systems, using that information to actually deliver actionable intelligence and response. I mean, it, it, it just becomes more efficient. It allows people to do their jobs better. And I think that we're, we're one, we see that trend. We've seen it for years now. That's why we do things the way that we do. And that's why we offer, you know, these analytics and we tell customers and partners and everybody, hey, what's important to you? Mr. Customer is kids loitering in this grass area outside our Allen office. Is that important to you? 
and how important is it to you? And one distinction that I love, you know, I love to tell people is these 12 analytics that you see on the screen here, they run 24, seven, 365, right? You don't turn off analytics or analytic events. You don't turn off classified objects unless you don't want them, right? Um, you know, casinos are a very, you know, uh, a good example of turning off analytics because they have lots of people that are watching all their cameras. Mm-hmm. But for the, the rest of our customer base, you're not turning off analytics. What you're turning on is when you want those to actually talk to you, right? Right. When- so the camera's going to note the camera notices that there's a person in the parking lot 24 hours a day. Absolutely. But yeah. let's say you close at nine o'clock. You want to be notified of that person because it's not a security event while you're open, but after hours, it is a security event. So it's the the scheduling isn't actually of the analytic. It's actually of notifying you of something going on. And that's really where the where the power of this system comes in because you go from, okay, we just looked at it after the fact. Somebody was in our parking lot last night to now we're being notified either through the push notification or you know, then it goes into the Motorola ecosystem and you're getting command central aware alerts or you're getting it on the ion radio and all of these things start to flow through almost like paralleling a security response. And now we're talking about incident, um, incident response, as opposed to after the fact, okay, let's, let's see what happened yesterday when somebody broke in and, and took all of our stuff. Now you're almost like a burglar alarm. It notifies you of something going on that you've identified as an issue. Yeah. Yeah, we need we need a whole another hour or seven to talk <laughs> yeah. about everything that the system can do. But I mean, it, it's an important you know it's it's kind of important to understand that as well. Um, you know, I I like telling customers and I like telling even my my teammates too. You know, it, it doesn't matter where where the information comes from. And I know that mm-hmm. sounds kind of you know maybe a a, a little you know, kind of strange to, to say from, from a sales engineer, but it doesn't matter. Right. It, the information can come from any one of these analytics. It can come from an access control integration. It could come from a panic button underneath a desk. The whole idea of what we're doing in a vigilant control center and, you know, our suite of products mm-hmm. is really taking information and getting it to the right person at the right time. However, right the customer wants. Because as you mentioned, everything that we see here on the screen, including the access control integration and you know a, a panic button or a whatever, all of that can work through that flow up to you know uh, other Motorola products, uh, other PSIM products, um, mm-hmm. Motorola radios. Like there's, there's so many right. things that can happen. The whole part of it is we kind of sit at the center of all of that. Right. We do have to have software that can move things from point A to point B and point A. A lot of times as we're starting to see or we have seen, you know, over the past few years is using this intelligence, using the camera intelligence to actually get that information. We had that conversation offline the other day when we were talking about it. It's like so many times we go to see um people that have, you know, invested in, in a lot of the technology and it's just a, a security concept that hasn't really taken hold at that particular organization where they're still using the camera system, this camera system that can do all of these things like we're talking about, they're still using it like the old camera system. Yeah. 
So if you can talk about that for a while, just kind of, you know, the things that you see people doing and, and things you've shown people like uh, thumbnail search. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's uh, there's a ton of different, you know, intelligence just in in the way that cameras work. Right. So, you know, one thing, you know, we kind of talked about this earlier. Um, I show I tell people this all the time. I I don't like scrubbing the timeline. Right? I mm -hmm. feel like it's super inefficient to actually just. Right. You know, go to the to see the, what you're trying to find when something changed, yeah. something happened, a car left. Some... Yeah, even even as fast as it is, right? Like I can scrub through this timeline, but we give our customers a ton of different options as far as how you can find things in a scene. You know, right. you mentioned thumbnail search, right? So on this camera here, I can just go in and say, "Hey, when did something change in this area?" Right. And this kind of covers all the bases for the analytics, you know, becomes a human analytic. The person yeah. becomes an analytic because you as a person are, are understanding the change in the scene after the fact. So it's the simplest application. Yeah, it's not, you know, this is not an analytic. This is, I know that something happened in this area and I want to know when it happened. So I can run a, you know, a search to tell me, hey, when did things, things change? in this scene. And this is just one way of being able to actually find that information. I can just keep drilling in until I find, you know, oh, when did that camera pull into the into the parking lot? Here it is. Open it up in a view and boom. Now I've got that vehicle. Now, mm -hmm. the fun part about this is I've got a classified object detection. If I were an operator, you know, and I knew that someone parked in this space and this vehicle maybe was you know, a suspect's vehicle in, um, you know, in a hit and run case or, you know, hey, I just want to know where this guy came from. Right. We can do that. Right. We can find appearances of this vehicle, you know, somewhere else. And that becomes even more important when we look at, you know, when we're looking for people. Right. So knowing when uh, are using classified objects as a search tool. Right. This is where the analytics of the so system. The classified object can be used on either side. You can say, let me know as this happens, or this has already happened. I need to go see all the different times when a vehicle was here or a red car was here or a person wearing a red shirt was here. Yep. So it, 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 it lies on both sides of the, of the incidents. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we're going to try to be proactive as possible, right? Mm -hmm. Using the analytics, uh, using unusual motion or unusual activity detection or sensors or whatever it is, right? We're trying to be as proactive as possible. It's not perfect, right? We're going to miss things every once in a while. Or, hey, maybe I don't have an analytic camera that's looking at a certain area. Maybe I've got a third-party camera or, you know, one of our SL cameras that doesn't do all of the analytics. But I captured video of someone or, you know, some something you know, person or vehicle that was doing something I need to know about. And if I had classified object analytics, I'm going to get that bounding box and I can just click on this guy and go, hey, find all appearances before or after. Mm -hmm. I want to know where he came from or where he went. Uh, if this were a non-analytic camera, I can just draw a box around him and start a search. And what this is going to do, it's going to go, hey, across this time range, we'll just say the last hour, maybe two hours on this site, search, give a reason, right? Part of our ethical use of the system is giving a reason for search. 
this is an optional feature, but you know, guy in red shirt. Right. So sure. kind of going through the comments right here as you're typing, you know, our note, I think, I think I, I understand what he was trying to make a distinction about when we were talking about video uh, analytics versus AI. Um, and he, he says the difference is the AI collects all the information on its own. So that's like your unusual activity detection. And then he says, uh, a classified video analytics needs rules by configuration. So I think that's when we say the uh, like uh, H5A has the um, next generation, you know, it's the AI piece of it. H4A had it too, but that's that's the distinction that he's talking about. No, that's that does make sense. Yeah, I understand it now. And it's like I said, it's something that we get so far into the into the nuts and bolts of these things that it, it can get confusing. So where, you know, just the fact that we're having a conversation about video analytics and AI, bringing this to the conversation, bringing this message that, you know, we've been talking about since when, when did H4A come out in appearance search? Was it 2019, 2018, 2016. Okay. So, you know, this has been six years that we've yeah. been talking about appearance search and how this works in video security applications and how we're making watching video more and more obsolete because the camera is going to be doing all of these um, notifications and camera counts are, are up in the hundreds and thousands. Now there's no, no one's going to pay a staff of people to, to watch 700 cameras and, and to discern all of the different possible scenarios that are out there to, you know, eight hours a day, you're, you're paid to stare at a screen. You know, that's, that's not going to happen. I, my my kids do it. So they don't get <laughs> yeah, if I could pay my kids, buddy, to stare at a screen all day, they would. But yeah. actually, to do something about it—that's the whole. Yeah, that's the trick. Yeah, and I and I think I think what we're kind of kind of aiming towards is, you know, the the technology as of today really is there is a manual process to some of this, right? There is also um, there is an automatic process when we talk about AI. Now the manual process is still a huge advantage for a lot of customers because it allows them to actually kind of pick and choose what's important to them rather mm -hmm. than, and this is not a knock on AI rather than AI saying, Hey, is this important to you? Right. That's the AI kind of went and figured it out without any rules and, and it just brought it to the forefront. Exactly. Right. And then I'm going back as an operator and administrator and going, yeah, that's important to me. No, that's not important to me. And, and it is getting faster and faster, right? It is absolutely getting faster and faster. And we're seeing more and more of these, you know, analytic based, uh, AI, um, you know, driven events. Um, you know, what I showed here on the screen, you know, I found a subject. Um, I tried not to use the word suspect cause I don't know this guy. <laughs> uh, I right. found a subject, um, Unknown you know, subject, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, hey, he, you know, he may have done something, he may not. I search for him across a specific time range. Now, once again, kind of going backwards, if I were to try to find this guy on multiple cameras across a large facility, I'm running an investigation. You know, this is going to take me what an hour, yeah. two hours. I've, I've sat and you've probably sat in the same meetings where you know somebody's car gets broken into, and you know the security officer whoever it is it's usually the manager is spending his weekend the yeah. entire weekend watching video and fast forward yeah and that's a common conversation that we hear oh, and they're exporting you know they'll export hours and hours of footage and they'll put it on another machine because 
guess what? That guy who's doing, you know, the investigation also still needs to monitor his cameras. Like, right. He's so he's kind of going, like, <laughs> he's like doing this all day long. And, and it's just, you know, we're, we're really working towards, you know, using analytics as operational efficiencies. As investigative is, tools and proactive incident exactly. response tools. And, and yep. it's putting cameras the same way we talk about, you know, uh, interesting applications for video analytics. We're taking the whole camera system and applying it differently to security. It's not just evidence after the fact. It's part of incident response. And, and just having that conversation right there and understanding that distinction and how it applies to a particular end user is really the crux of what we're trying to, to get to here is because more, if more cameras and after the fact evidence is going to solve your problem, well, then we need to talk about the best way to get as many cameras in this into the um, application as possible for the best cost and, you know, kind of moving around in that side. But if the camera system would perform better and would deliver better security results to whatever situations that are going on in a proactive manner, now we need to talk about maybe a combination of making some cameras smart with our AI, um, you know, with some sort of AI box to make existing camera smart, interspersing AI cameras throughout the facility to make those cameras be able to identify people's faces. So there's all these different inflection points and it's not just give me a bunch of cameras, you know, so that I can, I can, so that I can have better security. That's not the state of the technology anymore. And we can do better than that is what, you know, what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the other thing to, to, to really understand is, you know, we talk about proactivity, versus mm -hmm. reactivity. One of the best parts about the way that we do things is everything that I create or a customer creates as a proactive, you know, notification or a proactive event. So, you know, kind of going back to here, right? Any one of these events that I created as a proactive event that notifies me, that sent me a push notification on my phone or, you know, whatever it is, can also be used as in investigative tools, right? So you're not stuck in, okay, I'm getting 500 notifications a day for all these things going on. Right. But when it comes down to actually using them in an investigation, I can't do that. And that's not the case with, with, the, with the way that we do things, right? That event-based search, classified mm -hmm. object search, face search for customers that are using facial recognition or license plate recognition. Like these are all, you know, proactive tools that also have reactive or investigative purposes as well. And it just creates those operational efficiencies so that customers can get what they need faster. That is, at the end of the day, adding more cameras is sometimes necessary. But I feel like, you know, we kind of have gotten to the point where adding the right camera is more important. Yeah, putting the right technology in the right places and building a security uh, workflow. Yep. What does your response look like? Most we've in the past, we never talked about that stuff. It was always just, let's put up the cameras. The cameras were the same as security lights and, yep. you know, a, a, a trip wire for a burglar alarm. And then he would go back and see who tripped off the burglar alarm with the camera that was just recording all the time. And now the cameras are getting so much more intelligent that we can do more with them. It's just a matter of how is that going to work for the way this particular site or end user needs to have security in their facility. What are the issues? So it, it's, it's always 
you know, we want to get to the meat of the issue and that root cause analysis that we have to kind of go through conversationally before we can even start talking about, you know, well, I've got a 61 megapixel camera. So what, you know, this is a 20 by 20 area that we're watching. It doesn't need to be that versus I need to watch a parking lot. You know, uh, we had some, uh, some state agencies in Kentucky that, that we were looking at and they're just massive, massive parking lots. And we went from having, I think it was like 32 multi-sensor cameras, you know, looking four directions and all these different things with all of this infrastructure cost that, yeah. you know, we had to run fiber optic cable out to the parking lot. And then we re we looked at that versus a couple of these cameras and these cameras way outperformed and were able to get the security um, solution in place with a whole lot less infrastructure hanging that camera right off the building. Yeah. My, my favorite example of that, and I'm not going to name the customer, um, but there is a stadium here in California um, that the original design to view the stadium um, and all of the seats was about 330 cameras. Um, wow. And that was to do it at roughly 45 to 55 pixels per foot. Mm -hmm. So that's enough to, to make out a face. Yep. We did it with 16. We put 16? 16. 16 cameras <laughs> from 330 um, to 16. Yep. Um, so That's I awesome. mean, we, we reduced the infrastructure cost by, I think three quarters, um, because mm -hmm. it's 16 cables versus 330 cables. So, I mean, th those are the types of things, you know, and, and you know, we, we started this conversation about like what I do as a sales engineer, those are the types of things that gets me excited, right? Like I love being able to go into a conversation with a, a customer or a partner and go, what is important to you? I don't, don't tell me where you want to put a camera. Cause I personally, I don't care. Like, I, sorry. Right. I want to know what but you want you to, see. to see. Yeah. Tell me what you need to see and tell me why it's important. And if that takes, you know, us looking at 300 areas to do that, I'm, I'm all about that. Let's, right. let's, let's make get, sure let's get the tripod can. out. We'll get the test shots going and um, you know, we'll, we'll, that's, that's, but that's really the answer right there is what you're talking about. You know, don't tell me I need a camera here. I need to know why you need a camera here. Absolutely. Now we can have a conversation because I know when you're uh, just in my head alone, when somebody starts talking, I can, you know, okay, we can use this camera, that camera, this camera. And then as you get more and more information as to why they need it, what time of day did the incidents happen? Is it day, night? What's the illumination like at night? Do you have lighting here? Do we need to have supplemental IR lighting? All of these complexities come into it. And a lot of times that's not what we're going to get into in an initial product demo. You know, yeah. it's, it's not, we're not quite there yet. And it takes multiple, multiple conversations to get to that point, but it's almost where we have to balance. Okay. What are we going to show? How can we really exemplify that this is a different style of security and a different approach so that we can justify all these other things that we're, we want to talk about. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. Absolutely. So it looks like we're coming right up on the top of the hour. Jared, I love these conversations, man. It's like I can go, you know, five, six, seven, eight sessions like this talking about, you know, the differences and how it's it's a difference in approach and philosophy to security that that we're able to do because of all of this great technology. Yeah. No, happy happy to, to join you today. Um, would love to do it again if we get another topic you want to talk about. Yeah. Love to be on again. Um, thank you to everybody for great feedback and the questions there. Um, I know my team's in there, you know, throwing a couple questions down. Thank you for my, thank you for the support. 
Um, but absolutely, uh, great experience. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Like if you guys, you know, for anybody who knows me, I'm, I'm, I'm a self-proclaimed nerd and I actually really do love this stuff. Yeah, me too. Um, I get to, you know, we get to play with the coolest technology and, and really help people yeah. with our, you know, nerdly and geeky powers <laughs> to do good. Exactly. Yeah. So Sounds thank good. you again for having me. Congratulations. Congratulations on the, on the new role. Thanks. Um, going to do great in there. So yeah, thank you everybody for joining and um, be on, hopefully we'll see you on the next one. All right. Thanks, Jared. I appreciate it. Thanks, Olivia. All right, everyone, that's uh, all the time that we have for today. want to thank you all for joining. want to thank Jared uh, Swanson for taking time out of his day to, uh, to talk with us and discuss the differences between adding more cameras versus adding, uh, adding intelligence to a camera system. So hopefully you've got some great value out of our discussion. If you want to watch this on replay, this will be available here on LinkedIn on replay or on the YouTube channel. Feel free to uh, reach out to Jared or, or me on uh, LinkedIn or via internal chat or any of those other avenues. We look forward to seeing you here again in uh, two more weeks. So uh, I'll be, of course, exploring topics as I travel around uh, doing business development work with my team uh, and uh, look forward to seeing you then. Thanks a lot. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of the Motorola Solutions Technology Podcast. Remember to like and subscribe so that you can be made aware of new content, and we'll see you soon.